kids are supposed to return to school next week. Okay, right after the long weekend. So Tuesday, the 3rd. And the question now is, will they? Or because of what we're seeing with soaring case counts with Omicron, will there be a decision to keep them out of school, keep some of them out of school? Uh, We don't know. And some clarity obviously would be beneficial for teachers and for parents and for kids, right? Um, uh, So hopefully we find that out today. But in the meantime, we can talk about what we would like to see or what we expect to see based on what we're seeing in other jurisdictions. And joining us for that discussion is Wing Lee, who is Communications Director of Support Our Students Alberta. Uh, Wing, thanks so much for joining us again. Always nice to chat. How are you? Hi, I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me again. Um, yeah, it's it's great to have you. Um, so I guess we're all sort of watching and waiting, right? And just trying to read the tea leaves, I guess, without a lot of certainty. Is that where we're all sitting right now to this morning? <laughs> There's a lot of speculation for sure. Uh, no confirmations yet. And if anything, it's just really adding to the stress, yeah. right, of not knowing how you're going to turn on a dime this weekend uh, as families have to prepare. They have jobs, too. Uh, They're not just waiting, you know, uh, to see. They need to make preparations. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, every minute counts in a a situation like this. So I'm assuming Mm -hmm. we'll hear from the provincial government today. Um, What do you, is there an ideal solution here? Is there a way to do this that would please everybody? I don't think there is, but to please a lot of people, what would be the ideal solution here? So I don't think that, I think we're past that point of having any ideal solutions because of the context, right? So we're waking up really to January 2021. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds grim, but it does feel that way because we didn't have any long-term solutions. You know, these knee-jerk reactions of delays aren't accompanied by any infrastructure upgrades. Uh, to maintain in-person learning. So I think the fear is just how many more times can we do this? Even if it is a short-term delay, what are they doing in the meantime to mitigate these continual closures and delays and popping back and forth online and offline? I think you make a good point. And I I mean, in terms of a long-term lasting solution, um, that ship has sailed, at least for this this weekend, obviously, right? Uh, a missed opportunity, perhaps. But when you take a look at what's happening in BC, where they've announced that they will stagger the return to school and students of essential workers, um, you know, children of essential workers, will go back to school on Tuesday. Others will wait for a week. Uh, special needs students will go back next week. Others will wait. Um, is that kind of approach something you think might apply well here in Alberta? Yeah, and, and once again, you know, that is a short-term solution, but yep. we haven't actually seen anything like that uh, to in that detail here, so it would be good to have any sort of plan. Staggered approach, whether it's maintaining smaller class sizes for the first uh, month uh, with, you know, uh, teams of students um, in and out. Something, any creative solution would be good because we just haven't seen any of that in this province um, to that degree. Um, I, I'm wondering, you know, when it comes to the best way to go about this and the best way to make sure that we can uh, keep kids in school. And we know that's sort of the overriding goal of everybody that's involved. Mm-hmm. And we know how important that is mm-hmm. um, in terms yeah. of testing and, you know, asymptomatic. I mean, we're hearing from school boards that with the testing programs that we're putting in place with teachers and administrators, they may not be able to open the school anyway. Um, I mean, how, how sustainable do you think the situation that we're in is And do we need to change the way that we're doing all of this when it comes to testing in asymptomatic students? 
I think we, what we saw in the fall was scaling back, actually, because they stopped the contact tracing for schools. Yeah. It was voluntary. So I think we do need targeted measures to uphold schools opening. I think the community needs to come together and say, hey, if we're all agreeing that schools are essential, which I think we are, we, we know the effects of school closures, let's keep them open. Let's do our best to pool our resources and focus on how we can get quick testing uh, and having um, tracing so that only those pockets that are affected uh, can act and change their behavior for a short time so that we don't see mass closures. Uh, we, we're, what we're seeing actually scaling back um, because of no PCR testing for yeah. you know, uh, schools anymore. So why don't we just bring that back for the schools? Um, and we did pull our public health staff to help the education system um, because we need to back up our words with our actions, right? We're all saying... Let's rally around schools, keep them open. Then we need the funding, too, from the province uh, and government buy-in as well as community buy-in that we all need to do our part to keep schools open. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's the, the underlying message that we all have to try and buy in and do everything that's possible. The question is what that's going to look like. Um, when it comes down to a situation where if we get to the point where, you know, we've got this many staff or this many students testing positive, and then we get into a situation where some cool schools were closing, and we've seen this before, uh, you know this, mm-hmm. some schools mm-hmm. said, we, we can't keep going, we need to shut down for a week, two weeks, whatever the case may be, and then we'll start up again, and it's sort of a patchwork, and some schools are in, mm-hmm. and some are out, and they're closing at the drop of a hat. Is it better to have some stability a month at a time coming from the province, or is it better to react to what's happening on the ground in real time? It's always better to plan ahead. Yeah. Uh, what we know that is that these uh, the immediate notices that you're out of school for two weeks is quite detrimental. When you get that note that day and you're just gone, yeah. it can be uh, collectively too now, right? The cumulative impact is different uh, and more. It's it's really built up. So it's always good to have the long-term uh, plan in place of a protocol of, okay, when we see this, how are we going to mitigate not just the strain of the immediate reaction, but do we have a contingency plan uh, of having, you know, alternate uh, staffing schedule or are we doing, you know, some sort of hybrid situation so that it can be predicted. I think the patchwork comes when it's so uh, immediate and it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. When no. Omicron gets in the schools, it will rip through the schools. That's, that's how transmissible this, this variant is. We need to plan ahead, and we've just really never done that. So maybe this time around we can try to see how previous um, moving online has impacted students and and changed some of these short-term knee-jerk reactions. Okay, so when we talk about planning ahead, like you say, I think we're all under the expectation uh, with some certainty that Omicron is going to tear through the school system just like it has through the rest of the community. Um, When you're Mm -hmm. talking about building in some certainty, do you mean benchmarks? Do you mean um, trigger points? What exactly would that look like? How do you have certainty around this situation? Yeah, something that the public can uh, monitor. So right now we don't even have data. We don't actually have posted current numbers, and that's creating a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. So baseline, at least publish uh, real-time reports, and that was also taken away in the fall for schools, right? So we didn't have school-wide notification for many jurisdictions because of that voluntary notification. And in many ways, not having that was more, you know, put more families in the dark. So for one, it's the reporting need to come back. For 
Second, yes, the indicators having some type of window or interval that's quantified that, okay, a positivity rate is this, you know, this much for this jurisdiction, yeah. then expect that if it climbs, expect and prepare for uh, a transition, a scenario change. And that even would help a bit. We've never had that. Uh, and they know, they have modeling and they know kind of what they're gauging on on the government front. So let that be known to the public. And not this waiting for a cluster at 3.30 on a Thursday, right? Um, that needs to change. I think they need to just be much more transparent with the public moving forward. Yeah, it's... Uh it, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we get some clarity today, Wing. I think we're all watching and waiting to see exactly what's yes. going to happen, and uh, and we'll go from there. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks for inviting me, and uh, take care. Yeah, you bet. That's uh, Wing Lee, who is uh, the communications director of Support Our Students Alberta, and like like uh, so many families in our province today, watching and waiting and trying to you know, read the tea leaves and uh, look into the crystal ball as to what's going to happen on Tuesday.